Hotep, everybody. This is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. Hey, join us for this exciting broadcast that I did on April 16th, 2023, dealing with the Colfax Massacre of 1873 in Colfax, Louisiana, where 150 African Americans were killed in this massacre, and it was over political power. Uh, before you listen to that, I want to let you know Join us Sunday, June 4th, 2023, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for another uh, exciting session of my 12-week online course, Black Resistance Movements from the Haitian Revolution, U.S. Civil War, Civil Rights Movement, and Black Power Movement, 1800 to 1968. This is a 12-week online class uh, that I teach at our online school. Uh, the class is on sale, $40, regularly $130. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it anytime. So a year from now, two years from now, you'll still have full access to the course. I put together the curriculum. We have a PowerPoint presentation, book references, articles, video clips. We go through a look at history chronologically from 1800, starting with the um, Haitian Revolution, and the Louisiana Purchase of 1803, because those two events are related. We look and see what leads up to the Civil War taking place. We look at the Reconstruction Era, 1865, 1877, Jim Crow Era, World War I, World War II, Great Migration, Civil Rights Movement, and Black Power Movement, to understand what happened to us after slavery ended, what were the laws and policies put in place to bring us to where we are today, to understand where we need to go from here. Visit our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com to register for this 12-week online course or click on the link here in the thread of the broadcast. And also we have a bundle pack where you get the first class that I teach and the second one, the first class is ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, understanding the transatlantic slave trade where they didn't teach you in school. It's a 14-session online course. It's all archived uh, now. And that's on sale, $80 for the bundle pack, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. Okay, check out this broadcast. And remember, right now is correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win Wakanda forever. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Everybody, hey, this is Michael M. Hotep, founder of the African History Network, host of the African History Network show. It is Sunday, uh, April 16th. 2023 and i'm getting ready to do uh, my another session of my 12-week online course dealing with black resistance movements from the haitian revolution to the u.s civil war civil rights movement the black power movement we're going to start that here in a few minutes but i wanted to talk about the colfax massacre of april 13 1873 so there were articles written this past week dealing with the um 150th anniversary of the um, Colfax massacre, okay? And this took place in uh, Colfax, Louisiana. Um, and you had uh, 150 African-Americans who were killed uh, in their fight for political power, all right? And this, the Colfax massacre is looked at as the uh, bloodiest single incident of uh Reconstruction violence and murder, et cetera, um, that took place during the Reconstruction era, which is 1865 to 1877. Okay, and this is the period right after the Civil War ends. 
if we look at, uh, so there's a couple of quick articles we're going to look at here. And this deals with also understanding uh, the a history of a struggle over political power in this country and understanding how politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth, power, and resources, and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, their adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. All right, and I'll give you information about our online class also. Uh, so April 13, 1873, the Colfax Massacre took place in Colfax, uh, Louisiana. This is a piece here from the Zen Education Project that gives us a, a synopsis of what happened. And this is a famous sketch right here, uh, the Louisiana murders gathering the dead and wounded. This is a uh, famous sketch right here of African-Americans, the, the, uh, the aftermath of the uh, Colfax Massacre. Okay, so the Colfax Massacre occurred in Colfax, Louisiana on Easter Sunday, April 13th, 1873. Easter Sunday, April 13th, 1873. Republicans had narrowly won uh, the 1872 uh, presidential, uh, the 1872 election to retain control of the state, retain control of the state of uh, Louisiana, the state politics. Uh, but Democrats contested the results. Okay. Now, this is before the party realignment uh, took place that began in 1928 with what's known as the Lily White Movement of 1928, the Lily White Movement of 1928. And uh, it's going to be the Lily White Movement that called, that uh, causes African Americans to uh, start to switch over from the Republican Party to the Democratic Party. And briefly, uh, the Lily White movement was the Republicans' effort to uh, appeal to uh, Southern segregationist Democrats in five former Confederate states to get them to vote for Herbert Hoover. Herbert Hoover was the 1928 uh, Republican presidential candidate. He was running against a uh, moderate Democrat named Al Smith from New York. And they implemented a Southern strategy. They, um, the, the Republicans were increasingly ignoring the needs and concerns of African Americans. They were ignoring the rise of the Ku Klux Klan. And, uh, it's going to be that starting in 1928, you're going to see this political shift, uh, in African Americans slowly start going over to the Democratic Party because they were more receptive, uh, to our, uh, issues, even though there was resistance, even though, um, uh, many African-Americans were leery of the Democratic Party and uh, leery of President Franklin Roosevelt um, when Roosevelt wins in 1932 and defeats, um, uh, uh, defeats Herbert Hoover. Herbert Hoover only served one term. Hoover mishandles the uh, Great Depression, which begins with the stock market crash in October 1929, and uh, African-Americans like uh President Roosevelt's wife, Eleanor Roosevelt. So we started increasingly going over to the Democratic Party. And in 1947, 1947, 1948 presidential election, uh, Democrats had a pro-civil rights uh, platform. OK, and that's when Strom Thurmond, um, Southern segregationist Strom Thurmond, uh, who was a senator, U.S. senator, he's going to um, join the Dixiecrat Party which is a, a group of Southern segregationists, and he's going to run for president as a Dixiecrat uh, and loses, thankfully, he loses, okay? So that's just a brief uh, uh, two-minute 
history lesson uh, dealing with the party realignment. Okay, and the party realignment is basically going to be completed in 1968 when Richard Nixon uh, wins the presidency. And uh, uh, we know in 64, uh, Nixon wins the presidency. Uh, Linda Bayes Johnson does not run for reelection. Richard Nixon runs a Southern strategy as well, and he runs on the platform of law and order. Law and order means protect white people, lock up African-Americans. He runs as a backlash to the Black Power Movement and the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense. He runs as a backlash to affirmative action in 1965. He runs as a backlash to the Civil Rights Movement and any perceived gains that African-Americans were making. He runs as a backlash to the rebellions that are taking place, like after uh, Malcolm X uh, is assassinated, like uh, and then also as well, like, after Dr. King's assassinated April 4th, 1968, the rebellions taking place in 1967 in July in uh, Detroit and Newark, New Jersey, etc. Richard Nixon runs as a backlash to all of that, and he runs another Southern strategy. Okay, so um, that's just a brief synopsis of this history so we can tie all these e events together. Now, when we look at the Colfax massacre, um, the and this is centered around political power as well. OK, Eric Foner, who's one of the top historians when it comes to uh, the Reconstruction era. And I've read uh, some of his quotes and articles, things of this nature. Eric Foner uh, notes the bloodiest single instance of racial carnage in the Reconstruction era. The Colfax massacre taught many lessons, including the lengths to which some opponents of Reconstruction would go to regain their accustomed white supremacist authority, including the lengths to which some opponents of Reconstruction would go to to regain their accustomed white supremacist authority. We're going to see that after Reconstruction ends, we're going to see these former Confederate states rewrite their state constitutions to impose poll taxes, literacy tests, and to suppress African American, growing African American political power. We see this in starting in uh, uh, Florida in 1889 when Florida uh, uh, passes the first uh, uh, law dealing with, uh, they pass a, uh, 1889, Florida passes the um, uh, law dealing with uh, the ballots, okay? It's uh, voter disenfranchisement, well, not voter disenfranchisement, it is the um uh what, what's the word i'm looking for um it's a voter it's a voter suppression law that they passed in 1889 okay and this is and then 1890 mississippi's going to do the same thing poll taxes that's the word i'm looking for 1889 florida passes the first poll tax uh statewide uh, in 1889, then 1890, Mississippi does the same thing with the Mississippi State Convention of 1890. Um, 1901, Alabama's going to do it in 1901. South Carolina, 1895. You're going to have Georgia, Oklahoma, et cetera. These other southern states are going to do this because we were uh, being elected into statewide political office, local political office, as well as in Congress. OK, we're going to have two African-American U.S. senators. We're going to have about 16 in the House of Representatives at one time. So uh, you have uh, these white supremacists after Reconstruction ends with the Compromise of 1877. You have them taking back control of their state legislatures. We're going to see in um, 1870, uh, 1879, we're going to see the, the black exodus 
1879 with 6,000 African-Americans migrating from uh, Texas and Louisiana primarily. They're migrating from uh, uh, those two uh, states primarily migrating out west, okay, uh, in the, uh, the uh, migrating to Kansas in what's known as the Black Exodus of 1879, 6,000 African-Americans. Why? Because Democrats took back control of the uh, state government in the 1876, oh, sorry, in the 1878 um, statewide elections, all right? And they uh, are increasingly imposing um, harsher laws and uh, suppressing the African-American vote. So we're looking for a better way of life and we're moving out west, westward expansion. We're moving out west and uh, looking for a uh, uh, greater chance to own land, um, and looking for a better way of life, looking for equality, et cetera. So that's the black exodus of 1879. Okay, now, uh, fearful that white militias would attempt to take over local parish governments. Fearful that white militias would attempt to take over local parish governments. Republican office holders occupy the Colfax courthouse. They give a description from blackpass.org, which is a really good source. And I use some of their articles in, in the online classes that I teach, blackpass.org. Uh, here's what happened with the Colfax massacre of April 13th, 1873. More than 300 armed white men, including members of the white, of, uh, white supremacist organizations such as the Knights of the White Camellia and the Ku Klux Klan. Okay, attack this courthouse, attack this courthouse. Uh, when the militia maneuvered a cannon to fire on the courthouse, um, to fire on the courthouse, when the building maneuvered, uh, when, when the militia maneuvered a cannon to fire on the courthouse, some of the 60 African-American defenders fled while others surrendered. When uh, the leader of the attackers named ja James Hatnock okay, H-A-D-N-O-T, was accidentally shot by one of his own men. The white militia, uh, the, the white militia responded by shooting African-American uh, prisoners. Now, those who were wounded in the earlier battle, particularly black militia members, were singled out for execution. The indiscriminate killing spread to African-Americans who had not been at the courthouse and continued into the night. So this is just one of the few battles during Reconstruction or even during the Jim Crow era, which is after Reconstruction ends. This is just one of the few battles over uh, political power. We see the Opelousa Massacre of 1868, Opelousa, Louisiana. We're going to see the Colfax Massacre, 1873, Vicksburg Massacre, 1874 in Mississippi. Um, we see the uh, uh, Clinton, Mississippi riot of 1875 when the federal government failed to intervene. It was uh, President Ulysses S. Grant who failed to intervene this time. He intervened in 1871 and uh, declared martial law in nine counties in South Carolina, implementing the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871 to crack down on the Klan attacking and, and beating up and killing uh, elected officials, including African-American elected officials. But as we see, as we go further into Reconstruction, these are all things that we go in depth into in the 12-week uh, online course that I teach on Sundays. 
of black resistance movements from the Haitian Revolution to the U.S. Civil War, Civil Rights Movement and Black Power Movement, uh, 1800 to 1968. So as soon as I finish this broadcast today, uh, we're starting uh, another session of this class uh, right around 3 p.m., uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or so, Sunday, uh, April 16th, 2023. I'm going to post a link here right on the thread of our broadcast. You can register for the full 12-week online course. It's on sale 54% off. It's on sale $60, regularly $130. Even after the 12-week online course is over with, you can, you have full access. You can go back and watch the entire course as much as you want to. This information is pg 13, I would say you can also use this information with your children as well. And we see uh, what happens to us, uh, what leads up to the Civil War taking place, what happens to us after slavery ends and what and the laws and policies put in place to put us on a trajectory to where we are today to understand where we need to go from here. Your understanding of politics is directly related to your understanding of history because politics shapes history, historical events, historical events shape policy. All right. Now. Um, the indiscriminate killing spread to African-Americans who had not been at the courthouse and continued into the night. Now, although federal charges were brought against several white insurgents, the Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court later ruled in uh, the United States versus Cruikshank that the 14th Amendment only applied to state actions and offered no protections against uh, against acts by individuals. Okay, so here you have the U.S. Supreme Court ruling against African Americans uh, and weakening the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. All right, so this is a brief synopsis of what happened with the Colfax Massacre of 1873. There were 150 African Americans who were killed in, in this one-day incident, uh, and three white people were killed. All right, so that's from the Zen Education Project. Um, uh, dot, uh, dot org. If we look quickly here at this piece from the Smithsonian Institute, uh, SmithsonianMag.com, which is another uh, resource that uh, I use in, in my classes. And in this particular class, we look at probably, there's probably 80 to 100 articles that we look at over the course of 12 weeks. And we have um, some various book references as well. But if we look at this uh, article from uh, SmithsonianMag.com, the, the official website of the Smithsonian Institute. Uh, the 1873 Colfax Massacre set back uh, the Reconstruction era. The 1873 Colfax Massacre uh, set back the Reconstruction era. Let me pull this up here. Uh, okay. Just a second, here we go. All right, let me close out these ads. All right, let's look at this uh, article here quickly. And uh, how you all like this type of information, give us a thumbs up, give us a heart, give us a like on this broadcast. And you can also register for this online course as well. Um, and you can use this information with your children also, okay? So we teach this class normally Sundays, uh, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They were going to start uh, right around uh, 3.30 as soon as I finish this broadcast. The 1873 Colfax Massacre crippled the Reconstruction era. Uh, uh, occurring 150 years ago, one of the worst incidents of racial violence after the Civil War set the stage for segregation, set the stage for segregation. So this article was updated April 13, 2023, because we are commemorating the 150th anniversary of the Colfax Massacre. So here's that famous 
uh, sketch that I just showed you from the Zen Education Project. This is uh, from Harper's Weekly, May 10th, 1873. Okay, and etching of black families gathering the dead after the Colfax massacre. And this was th this sketch uh, was published in Harper's Weekly magazine, May 10th, 1873. So the uh, Reconstruction period, which is 1865-1877, uh, that followed America's Civil War was one of the worst, uh, most violent eras in American history. During that time, thousands of African Americans were killed uh, by domestic terrorists like the Ku Klux Klan, but also the Knights of the White Camellia and the White Knights and things like this, the Red Church. There were, there were, there were numerous um, domestic terrorist organizations. The Ku Klux Klan is the most well-known. Uh, and these organizations tried to reinforce antebellum policies or policies before the Civil War. Bellum is in reference to war. Uh, anta is a prefix meaning before, who tried to reinforce antebellum policies of white supremacy. For many historians, one of the worst examples of the violence occurred 150 years ago. It's called the Colfax Massacre of 1873 in Colfax, Louisiana. Now, immediately after the uh, war, different factions began fighting over power and they're fighting over political power. Uh, bitter over, uh, bitter over the Confederacy's loss, many white Southern Democrats uh, tried their best to continue disenfranchising and restricting the right of former slaves. At the same time, insurgent white supremacist uh, groups terrorized African-Americans throughout the South. In Louisiana, the fight over the post-war government was particularly bloody as PBS uh, American Experience series explores, PBS public broadcasting system. So we see the, this fight over control of political power after the Civil War ends, whether it's in, in, in local government, whether it's in state government, whether it's in uh, federal government, okay? We're gonna see this take place. As you get further uh, into the Reconstruction era, which only lasts about 12 years. As you get into the 1870s and get into the mid to late 1870s, we're going to see a declining commitment from Republicans to continue to intervene on behalf of African Americans in Southern conflicts, okay? And we're gonna see a decline from the White House, pr from President Ulysses S. Grant. And then in, in, uh, in the 1874, uh, midterm elections, Democrats are going to take back control of the House of Representatives, which weakens the political power that Republicans have um, and is going to weaken their ability to get bills passed through through Congress. And then you're going to have the um, uh, so, so you have that in 1874 taking place. Then you're going to have the Compromise of 1877, where uh, Republicans agree to uh, if uh, uh, Republicans agree that Rutherford B. Hayes, the Republican candidate for president, uh, will remove the remaining Union troops out of the South, like in uh, Florida and uh, Louisiana, they're, 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 the Union troops are still in three um, states in the South. He will remove the remaining Union troops out of the South, which will allow the Democrats to take back full control of these state legislatures, rewrite the state constitutions, impose white supremacists, uh, uh, laws, et cetera, segregation, things like this. Um, and, and this is in exchange for Rutherford B. Hayes to become president. And this is, this is what happens. 
Okay, we're going to see a lot of these gains that we made during this 12 year period of time during reconstruction. We're going to see this come to a screeching halt. Uh, we look at Tennessee. Tennessee's in the news dealing with uh, Representative uh, Justin Pearson, Representative Justin Jones being expelled from the Tennessee state legislature in what I call a high tech political lynching, which is uh, reminiscent of lynchings that took place uh, in Tennessee. But also uh, Tennessee has a history of suppressing uh, the African-American vote as well. Uh, so when we look at 1881, Tennessee, their state legislature, they impose uh, segregation on street uh, street cars, rail, uh, uh, street cars and, and railroad cars, things of this nature. This is Tennessee in 1881. All right. Now, very briefly here, uh, simmering resentments between Southern Democrats, many of whom were former slave owners and the Republican dominated federal government exploded in the 1872 election for Louisiana's governor. The uh, ballot result resulted in a hotly contested split between the Republican uh, and Democratic candidates when President Ulysses S. Grant sent federal troops to support Republican candidate, to support the Republican candidate, white Southerners rebelled and formed a heavily armed insurgent army called the White League. Okay, now this is 1872. Now this is the year after the Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871 was was uh, passed by Congress. It's the third of the four Enforcement Acts, and the even though even though the U.S. Supreme Court uh, weakened uh, the bill in about uh, around 1883 or something like that, even though they weakened it, uh, it's still on the books today. Okay, the Ku Klux Klan Act of uh, 1871. And it gave the authority to the uh, president of the United States to uh, impose a martial law uh, in counties to impose martial law to be able to uh, to crack down on domestic terrorism when you have organizations who are uh, interfering with elected officials conducting their official duties and uh, inflicting violence upon them, killing them, et cetera, whether they are white or African-American. There's a good piece from Britannica.com uh, dealing with the uh, Enforcement Acts, okay? This was the third of the Force Enforcement Acts uh, uh, called the Ku Klux Klan Act of uh, 1871. All right, and if we look at this here, Let me see if we can pull this up quickly. Uh, let's see, where is this? Oh, also, history.house.gov has uh, information on this as well. History. So, house.gov is the official website of the House of Representatives. History.house.gov is the official website. Uh, is the it's the history section of the uh, U.S. Representatives. The history section. Okay. So if we look at this here, um, all right, just a second here. Uh, so if we look at this, the 
See, this is a lot of history that leads up to what's going on today that a lot of people don't know, don't understand. All right. The Ku Klux Klan Act of 1871. Check this out from history.house.gov. All right, April 20th, 1871. On this date, the House approved an act to enforce the provisions of the 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution and for other purposes, also known as the Ku Klux Klan Act. It uh, it was in, it, uh, it introduced as H.R. 320 on March uh, 28th, 1871 by Representative Samuel Shalabarger of Ohio. The bill passed uh, the House on April 6th and returned from the Senate with amendments April 14th. Okay, now the Ku Klux Klan Act was the third in a series of increasingly stringent, what are known as enforcement acts, enforcement acts that were designed to uh, empower, that were designed to empower the federal government to protect the civil and political uh, rights of individuals, to protect the uh, civil and political rights of individuals, especially African-Americans though, because we were the main ones being attacked. The 14th Amendment ratified in 1868 defined citizenship and guaranteed due process and equal protection of the law to all, including 4 million formerly enslaved African-American men and women. Okay, vigilante groups like the Ku Klux Klan, however, freely threatened African-Americans and their white allies in the South and undermined the Republican Party's plan for reconstruction. Okay. Now the Ku Klux Klan made it, the Ku Klux Klan Act made it a federal crime to deny any group or individual, uh, the rights, privileges, or immunities or protection named in the U.S. Constitution. Okay. Uh, to enforce the law, the president could suspend habeas corpus, which means your right to go to court, habeas corpus, deploy the uh, U.S. military or use other means or use other means as he may deem necessary. Opponents denounced the bill as an unconstitutional attack on state governments and individual liberty. OK, so uh, you're going to have in October of uh, 1871, nearly six months later, OK, uh, so it, it's um, both chambers of Congress agreed to the conference uh, report on April 20th. Uh, President Ulysses S. Grant signs the bill into law. OK. Uh, April 20th, 1871, nearly six months later, in October 1871, President Ulysses S. Grant used uh, these powers of the Ku Klux Klan Act in several South Carolina counties demonstrating the willingness of the Republican-led federal government to take decisive action to protect the civil and political rights of the freed people during Reconstruction, the freed African-Americans. Now, that, that, that commitment is going to decline as you get further into the 1870s. Because as I said, the uh, 1870, uh, 1874 uh, midterm election, you're going to have, uh, with the 1874 election, Republic, the Democrats take back control of the House of Representatives. And then when the Clinton-Mississippi uh, massacre takes place in 1875, 
President Ulysses S. Grant implements his what he calls his non-intervention policy. He doesn't get involved in that one. He doesn't send in Union troops, okay? Because they were they were like, okay, we keep having to do this like every summer. We keep have we keep having to intervene in the South, and the political winds were changing, and that was there was less support to keep advocating on behalf of African Americans. So these are some of the things that lead to Reconstruction ending. So when I hear people like Candace Owens and I hear these right wing Republicans and I hear these social media, uh, black social media disinformation agents attacking the Democratic Party. And I'm neither Democrat nor Republican, but I sure as hell ain't stupid. I can I, 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 I'm a political commentator and a historian. And I can clearly see and I study policy. I can clearly see whose policies are most beneficial for African-Americans and I can see who overwhelmingly keeps voting against our own interests. Overwhelmingly, those are Republicans, even though the problems I have, I do have with some Democrats, some of them need to be voted out of office. Basically all the Republicans need to be voted out of office. If you, and if you go to congress.gov and uh, read and read these bills, okay? And, and if you don't read the bill, at least read a summary uh, of the bill. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about, okay? Also, for more evidence, you can read this document right here because proper documentation ends all conversation. Uh, you can read this document right here. It was last updated February 27, 2023. If you watch the African History Network show, you've heard me talk about it. You watch me on Roland Martin Unfiltered. You hear me talk about it there. You watch me on Faraji Muhammad show, The Culture, on the Black Star Media Network, Roland Martin's Network as well. I deal with this on the African History Network show. Read this right here. Share this with a simple Simon-ass Negro that you know who keeps talking nonsense and doesn't do research. The Biden-Harris administration advances equity and opportunity for black Americans and communities across the country. This is the last updated February 27, 2023. This goes through, this is probably about 26, 30 pages. It goes through and policy after policy, it breaks down how these policies from the Biden-Harris administration are helping the African-American community. Whether you talk about the American Rescue Plan, uh, the the uh, $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, whether you talk about student loan forgiveness, uh, whether you talk about the Emmett Till anti-lynching bill, uh, whether you talk about environmental efforts, uh, um, uh, cutting energy policy after policy, all, all throughout, okay? Are there still things that we want to get? Yeah, but you got a better chance getting it from Democrats than you do Republicans because Republicans keep voting against everything that we say we want. From the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act to the John Lewis Voting Rights Act, okay, to the Domestic Terrorism uh, Prevention Act, to the Crown Act, which deals with discrimination against African-American hairstyles. Go look across the board. Go to Congress.gov. Look and see, and Congress.gov will show you uh, not only will it break down the bill and what it is, and you can read the actual bill there coming from the House of Representatives or the U.S. Senate. Most importantly, it shows you who voted for the bill and who voted against the bill, okay? Everybody, you got a lot of African-Americans say they want reparations. Now, most of them can't tell you how to legally get it. And if you watch some of my videos dealing with reparations, we go break that down. The only people that support reparations are Democrats. No Republicans support reparations. Under the 117th Congress, no Republicans co-sponsored H.R. 40, you had like between 196 and 217 co-sponsors. They were all Democrats. No Republicans support reparations. 
So everything from the historic child tax credit to $5.8 trillion of $5.8 billion for HBCUs in 2021, all this, go read this. This is understanding how politics is the legal distribution of scarce wealth pound resources and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, the adoption, interpretation, and enforcement, and understanding how to research policy, how to understand the effects that policies have on you, and know who, uh, uh, understand whose policies are most beneficial for African Americans, whose policies would do the least amount of harm, whose policies are the most realistic, whose, uh, whose policies have the, uh, the best chance to be enacted, and who can which uh, uh, candidate, which politician, which party can create an environment for you to push your agenda the farthest and get the most accomplished, to be able to come up with a comprehensive, realistic political agenda. You have to understand history, law, economics and politics. Unfortunately, many of our people don't. But most many Americans don't because Americans are very ignorant when it comes to history. OK. All right. Now. Uh, very quickly, let's go back to this article from uh, Smithsonian Mag, Smithsonian Institute. And you can read all these yourself. You don't have to take my word for this. Okay. Uh, and I want you to read these articles as well. And you can join us in our online class also where we get deeper into this information. Uh, similar to the Ku Klux Klan, the White League was a paramilitary group that, in, that intimidated and attacked Black residents and white Republicans across the state said Henry Louis Gates Jr. Uh, for the root.com. Now, out of fear that local Democrats might try to seize control of the Grant Parish regional government, which was almost evenly split between African-American and white citizens and all black uh, and all black militia took control of the local courthouse in 1873. OK, and all black militia took control of the courthouse in 1873. Soon after, a mob of more than 150 white men, most former Confederate soldiers and members of the Ku Klux Klan and the White League arrived and surrounded the courthouse. OK, and we know uh, what happened. Historians are sure how many people died in the end. But while records show. Uh, while records show that the massacre resulted in the deaths of three white men, and it's estimated that anywhere from 60 to 150 African-Americans were killed. The bloodiest Eric Foner, once again, he's quoted here, he's one of the top authorities on uh, the Reconstruction era, quote, the bloodiest single instance of racial carnage in the Reconstruction era. The Colfax massacre taught many lessons, including the lengths to which some opponents of Reconstruction would go to regain their accustomed authority. We're talking about white supremacy. Uh, now, Eric Foner wrote this in his book, A Reconstruction, America's Unfinished Revolution, 1863-1877. He went on to say, quote, among blacks in Louisiana, the incident was long remembered as proof that in, that in any large confrontation, they stood at a fatal disadvantage. They stood at a fatal disadvantage. Now, while the massacre made headlines across the country and 97 members of the white mob were indicted, in the end, only nine men were charged uh, of violating the Enforcement Acts of 1870 and 1871, sometimes known as the Ku Klux Klan Acts, uh, which were intended to guarantee the, uh, the rights of freedmen, freedmen and freedwomen under the 14th and 15th Amendments. Uh, now, at this time, the 15th Amendment did not apply to women, okay? Uh, it, it just applied to uh, African-American men, fit, uh, the, the, guaranteeing the right to vote. 
Now, lawyers for the victims believe that they had a better chance of bringing the ringleaders to justice in a federal court citing conspiracy convictions instead of charging them with murder, which would have been tried in the heavily Democratic uh, state courts. OK, but the plan backfired. The plan backfired. The, the defendants appealed. And when the case eventually came before the U.S. Supreme Court in 1876, the U.S. Supreme Court justices overturned, overturned the lower court's convictions, ruling that the enforcement acts applied only to actions by the state, not by the individuals. Okay, read the rest of this article here at SmithsonianMag.com. The 1873 Colfax massacre set back the reconstruction. A setback reconstruction, uh, the reconstruction era occurring 150 years ago. It was April 13th, 1873, that the Colfax massacre took place in Louisiana. One of the worst incidents of racial violence after the Civil War set the stage for segregation. All right. Uh, now, very, very quickly, once again, you can register for this 12 week online course that I teach. Um, black resistance, move, black resistance movements from the Haitian Revolution, U.S. Civil War, Civil Rights Movement, the Black Power Movement. Uh, we're teaching the class uh, today, April 16th, so I'm about to teach it now as soon as I stop uh, uh, this broadcast here. We're about to join uh, uh, students in my online, uh, in my online school. Uh, visit our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. We have the information right on the home page when you scroll down. This class is on sale $60, regularly $130. We do the sessions live. All the sessions are archived and recorded. You can go back and watch it anytime. A year from now, two years from now, you can go back and watch the entire uh, class. And then we also have a bundle pack. You get uh, the my Saturday class, uh, Ancient Kemet, the Moors, and the Ma'afa, Understand the Transatlantic Slave Trade, what they didn't teach you in school. Uh, and the next uh, sessions are those are April. Uh, we just had a great class April 15th, Saturday, April 15th. So you'll be able to watch that one in the previous classes. Uh, April 22nd, 29th, and then going into May as well. Okay, uh, and click right here for the full course. It's on sale $60. And then the bundle pack, we scroll down. We have um, the bundle also. We get both classes for $100. Uh, that's a $300 value because there'll be uh, five of my lectures in the video library free in a, a streaming format. Okay, now uh, the Reconstruction era is not taught uh uh, very much in schools. Okay. So people know less about the reconstruction era than they do about the U S civil war. And most Americans now it's about the U S civil war is not that good at all either. There's a good article that, that I reference uh, in the classes. This is from time magazine, time.com. And this deals with how schools um, are failing to teach the history of reconstruction. OK, and it deals with how 45 out of 50 states, uh, they, they, they are not teaching the history of Reconstruction uh, properly. And most of them are, are really not teaching the history of it at all or with any significance. If we look quickly here at this um, article from time.com, uh, let me see here just a second. They're trying to give me I already have a subscription, but I don't have time to log in. Because uh, I have subscriptions to numerous, I'm out to about 35 different news sources on a daily basis. Um, you see me um, on a different shows. You see me on Roland Show, Faraji Muhammad Show. I do local radio here in Detroit. Also, I'm on 910 a.m. the Superstation WFDF. 
you see me once in a while on the Tammy Mac show on the Fox Soul Network. Um, Fox, uh, Fox 11, Los Angeles interviewed me for a piece on P.O. Pico back in February 2023. P.O. Pico was the uh, last uh, Mexican governor of California uh, prior to uh, the Mexican-American War of 1846-1848, and then we know California becomes a state in the Union in 1850 because of the Compromise of 1850. Uh, this piece here from Time Magazine, time.com, a new report finds that 45 states are failing to teach students about the period that shaped race relations after the Civil War, okay? And this talks about Reconstruction. And it draws a parallel between the violence during the Reconstruction era and the violence that we saw displayed during the January 6, 2021 insurrection. OK, and I've talked about this numerous times in on shows, interviews, things like this. This we can draw a direct line in history from the from the Reconstruction era and the political violence that we saw there to what we saw January 6, 2021, uh, when the trader in chief incited. Uh, these domestic terrorists to storm the U.S. Capitol building to interrupt a constitutionally mandated uh, uh, bicameral, uh, bi-chamber uh, uh, session to take place to certify the uh, uh, votes coming from uh, the states, okay? Uh, it was basically certifying electoral college votes. Now, in the aftermath of the insurrection a year ago, uh, at the U.S. Capitol building, many leading historians drew parallels uh, between the violence and the Reconstruction era, the, the, which is the period of political revolution directly after the U.S. Civil War. OK. Um, the events we saw reminded me very much Reconstruction era and the overthrow of Reconstruction, which was often accompanied um, by often accompanied or accomplished, I should say, by violent assaults on elected officials, said Eric Foner, Pulitzer Prize winning historian and author of Reconstruction, America's Unfinished Revolution, 1863-1877. He said this in an interview with the New Yorker magazine uh, published a week later. Now, scholars say that studying the aftermath of the Civil War and the Civil, U.S. Civil War is 1861 to uh, 1865. Uh, and we know April 12th was the anniversary of the U.S. Civil War starting. April 12th, 2023 was the anniversary. It started April 12th, 1861 with the attack on Fort Sumter uh, in South Carolina. Scholars say studying the aftermath of the Civil War um, Uh, of the Civil War can help put in context many of the most seminal events in the U.S. in recent years. From the brutal murder of George Floyd by police in 2020 to voter suppression laws enacted after black voters played a big role in helping Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh, be elected uh, to the White House uh, as president and vice president. In 2020, but despite the time, the timeliness of the era in today's climate, many students in American schools will not. Uh, many students in American schools will not get a full education 
on reconstruction until they go to college. Okay. But the problem is most of them are not going to go to college. So how do they get this history lesson? Where, where do they get this information from? And then you have in many former Confederate states, you have uh, school boards or at the, at the state level, like in Florida under Governor Ron DeSantis, you have them passing uh, these various anti-woke bills. You have them uh, uh, passing bills, banning books and restricting the type of history and what and, and, and what aspects of history can be taught in school to further suppress this information. And this is how you manipulate people by keeping them ignorant of history and politics. In social studies standards for 45 of 50 states and the District of Columbia, discussion of reconstruction is partial or non-existent according to historians who reviewed how the period is discussed in K through K through 12 social studies standards for public schools nationwide. In a report produced by the uh, education nonprofit, the Zen Education Project, the report uh, studies, the, the studies authors say they are concerned that American children will grow up to be uninformed, uninformed about a critical period of history that helps explain why full equality remains unfulfilled today, okay? Historians are saying that they are concerned, uh, and the studies authors are saying that they are concerned that American children will grow up to be uninformed about a critical period of history that helps explain why full racial equality remains unfulfilled today, okay? You, you could throw in there uh, reparations as well. We're trying to we're trying to get reparations. Most of these strategies for reparations ain't going to work in the first place. But we're trying to get this, and you got a down electorate, as well as many people in elected office, especially Republicans who are ignorant of history in the first place. All right. So check this out. We hope to see you in class. Uh, I do this on Sundays. Uh, 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we're, we're starting later. We're about to start right now because about to end this broadcast. You can join us in our online uh, class. The link is here. Uh, and visit our website, theafricanhistorynetwork.com, theafricanhistorynetwork.com. Uh, you can register for it there also. And uh, we'll be on live tonight, 9 p.m. Uh, to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the African History Network show. Uh, we'll broadcast on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF, and then also uh, on Facebook and YouTube. Um, so we have some good stuff for you for our Sunday night show uh, also. If you want to support the African History Network, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, dollar sign the AHN show through Cash App, then also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN show. This helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, uh, pay some of the bills, et cetera. We have the information right here. Uh, this is our official Cash App account, dollar sign, the AHN Show, S-H-O-W. When you go to it, it says Michael and shows my picture there. These other ones here are uh, fake African History Network Cash App accounts. There are like five fake accounts I've identified that have been stealing money from us. So uh, I'm still trying to get those uh, shut down as well, okay? And then when you click right here on the link, it uh, shows our QR code. Uh, there also. So this helps us keep doing the research, stay on the air, keep broadcasting, pay some of the bills, finance the research, etc. All right, look, we have to get out of here. Remember, right now is correct wrong behaviors, not over till we win, we're kind of forever. 
Talk to you next time, and we'll see you in class. Peace.